Hello and welcome to another episode of the Identities Podcast, the show that asks the question, just who do you think you are? Tonight I have a very special guest. Um, I know that I say that every single time and I'm not trying to patronize all my very special guests. They're all just very close to my heart at this stage in the podcast. Um, I'm so happy that I got her here and I'll explain why in a second. We have um, Baravi Thanky, who is a copywriter living in Toronto, uh, but she will not be living in Toronto for very long. In fact, an Identities podcast exclusive, uh, she maybe shouldn't even be here now. Because I mean, I don't even know how I'm here. We had we had a lot of goodbye parties, let's just say, <laughs> in the last month, and uh, unfortunately, apparently, visa lies is a thing. Yeah, that, it's that people uh, can't predict. No, it's clearly, like a, it's like a snowstorm. Damn you, bureaucracy and your. Um, but your that's ways. good because that gives. I'm I'm not eulogizing you, but that gives you more time here on it this does. on this part of the planet with us in Toronto. Um, and seeing as I didn't start the podcast till about two weeks after you were tentatively not even supposed to be in the country, yep. it's good that you're not here for my completely selfish reasons. Hey, I mean, you know what? That's I, why you stayed. I like these selfish reasons. Yeah. This is a good selfish reason. And I will like, no, this is this is perfect. I like this reason. So an interesting thing that I started um, thinking about when I started thinking about having you on here and, and your move, I hope that it does personally turn into an episode of This Is Your Life, uh, and, and we kind of have a, a going away party slash please don't leave me uh, cry for help, because it it's so interesting to me when I had Gwyneth on in, in the first episode, mm-hmm. where one of the things that she um, definitely felt very strongly about in terms of who she was, was that all of that moving that she did when she was a kid, and you can you can listen to the first episode of Identities uh, probably in the exact same place you're listening to this, so I don't need to tell you that, uh, was what it felt so normal at the time, but the, the normality of it all was actually because it was not really her decision. You know what I mean? Her, her dad had to move, and so she had to go there, and so she experienced all these, these, these foreign lands, and experience them in ways that you would expect and in ways that you wouldn't expect and then in the back of her mind she always knew that she was coming to Toronto and and once she got here you know that that bed became made and and now she feels very settled here and she she does miss the traveling but she also doesn't necessarily know if she would have quite the 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 gumption to just go for it and move somewhere else even with relatively good reason, which segues to you, who is a person who is going for it um, and moving with good reason. You're not you're not going on a spirit quest, um, but you, <laughs> maybe I am. But maybe, but maybe I mean, well, of course you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you should just go and quit immediately. <laughs> um, but you're obviously you're going with a, with a main caveat of this is where your your job is taking you, um, and so. Without sounding too patronizing, where the hell did you get the strength to do that? Because I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So where, where, how do you do what you do? It's, it, I think the whole journey, and it has been a journey, and it, you know what? It, I mean, I, I can't call it a journey because a journey does define a certain amount of time. But I only got the news that I was going to go there, or that I accepted uh, a position there back in like it was probably November, mm-hmm. and. My first, my immediate reaction, obviously, was, oh, God, I can't do this. And, and that's, that's just one of those things that, that comes to you from being in a place where you're comfortable. And Toronto is a very comforting city to me. 
um, and being around people that I love. And saying goodbye to that is a really, really hard thing to do. Um, but you know what? It's It became one of those things where, you know, why not, really? Like, after, after a little while, I just kept asking myself, why not? What is... Is it just people? Is it is it comfort that's stopping you from going? Because that's a that's kind of a I mean, no offense, but that's kind of a stupid reason. And that's what just what I kept telling myself is you have to get out of your comfort zone. Right. And I realized that like Gwen, I have moved around quite a bit as a kid mm-hmm. and that move added things to my personality that I don't think I could have got from, you know, staying in one place forever. And not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, but it's just, that's just who I am. And that's, that's where, you know, a lot of the things that I know and deal with and situations that I deal with, that's where the energy and the courage for that comes from. Right. It's moving a lot as a kid. Right. Yeah. How many times did you move as a kid? I, I don't remember. Um, well, not a whole lot, but I was uh, Middle East and then yeah. Calgary and then back to the Middle East and then Toronto. Yeah. Um, so it was just like going back and forth between Canada and the Middle East. Yeah, right. Um, quite a bit. And my parents did the same, too. My parents were in India, and then they moved to Canada and the Middle East, and it's just the whole thing. So, um, you know, it, I think a lot of that, a lot of the encouragement for doing something like that comes from essentially the people that you are that you don't want to get away from. And mm-hmm. they're the people that will be like, yeah, go it's do weird, it. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't yeah. think about it that way, because you're right. Anybody that is lucky enough to have people that care about them are going to be the same people that don't want you to go, but are the people that are like, yeah, you have to do this. You have to Which, do I it. mean, is, is how I felt when you broke the news to me. I mean, I didn't actually immediately verbally express that, because I'm very <laughs> upset that you're leaving. Uh, but, like, yeah, you, I know... But then again, when you look at yourself, right, you you start to internalize it. And I think, of course, I think you should do it. And and I'm so excited for you. And I'm so proud of you that you have the the strength and the courage to to take this journey. And so that I want you to do it for those reasons. But then at the same time, it's like, well, it's easy for me to say because I'm you can anybody can tell anybody follow your dreams, man. Like, you know, so then you think, well, like, what is what is this? You know, and 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 really it's it's confounding. Um, Do you think that it's the biggest change that you've ever had to make. I mean, you moved around a lot as a kid, right? So those those were big. Those were equal kind of context contextual changes. But mm-hmm. do you think it's the biggest one? I think it. I think it is the biggest one because this is this is my decision, right? Right. This mm-hmm. isn't someone else's. This isn't my parents' decision. This wasn't anyone else's decision but mine to make. And you know, you think about all those consequences, and you're like, you only have yourself to blame. If any if anything happens, and you know, like knock knock on all of the wood that you know that mm-hmm. I like you know, go there and, and everything settles in and, you know, everything just falls into place and I love it. Um, but if something does go wrong and if anything happens, it's not like my life is over. I have a home to come right. back to. That's very true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you have only yourself to blame. So I think that's a really big step. Moving across the world, I didn't realize how big of a decision that was until I actually did just move out of my own apartment that I loved and that right. I didn't ever want to leave. Um, but it really hits you. So, okay, so this is good, because I was just about to ask you about the things that it hits you. Um, what do you think the most surprising change that you've made so far, or thing that you're uncertain about, that you just completely blindsided you? Like, you had no idea that was going to be an issue, whether it be, like, parting with a memory, or physically being like, oh man, i got to get rid of so much stuff, or what do you think, like, what's taking you by surprise in this process? I think, I think it's... And this is gonna this is gonna sound so cheesy, but honestly, I think a lot of people here 
don't realize just how good we have it in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when you're when you go somewhere else, you have all these other things to think about that, you know, you like, for example, healthcare. You know, right. I have to go to Australia and I have to pay for my own health care and I have to buy health insurance. Like when did I become an adult that needed to go buy like private health insurance from a, an insurance provider? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, those are, those are decisions you actively have to those make are now. Decisions. Yeah. And like a lot of people don't realize it, but those are things that like that when you're living here frees up so much of your your mind space because you're not worrying about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I go there and I'm worrying about like 10 more bills that I have to pay and those are things that like is just like a premature yeah. sort of re- like reaction to those things where you're like what I didn't realize I had to do all this stuff and I'm going to become like this adult with a lot of responsibilities that you know I didn't think I was going to ever have and now they're there and they're staring at me in the face and you know it's just something that I mean you just have to do like I don't think you have a choice what so I, this is kind of a, a loaded question in the sense that you're not there yet. But what has anything has anything happened to you in this process that you have been super anxious about, and then maybe it slowly started to, as times pass, be like, oh, actually, this isn't that big of a deal. I think the biggest thing for me um, is just almost it's it's almost like the first day of high school. Or the first year of university where you come into a place and you just don't know if you're ever going to make friends and you're ever going to have right. the same kind of social life, you know, and, and surrounded by people that, you know, define so much of your lifestyle and whether you're going to find the same people or, or, you know, better people or, you know, like you just don't know. And I think that's the biggest thing for me moving there is I'm so anxious about um, creating this whole new social life and the circle of yeah. people that I can rely on, you know, and over here I have, I have this amazing network of friends, but over there I, I'm, I have to go and build it. And that's, that's really, as an adult, that's like, that's one of those things where you're like, man, I thought I left that behind. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that that, like you were, you were talking about the comfort zone and, and I think that that is the number one comfort zone related issue that people would think that they have. I mean, it isn't just, it almost sounds, um, what's the word like harsh on people that are your friends but it's almost harder in a weird way to say there's like I'm going somewhere and nobody is gonna know me or in like care about me um it's harder to think about that than it is to just say oh my god I'm gonna miss you so much to the people that are currently around and caring about you because that like you said it 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 quite literally, other than the fact that you're not going to school, is the same as going to high school or, or university because you have to essentially put yourself out there when you start school, either once, high school, university, even elementary school, to be honest, you know, and and as an adult, you never have to do it. I always, I always think about that um, in terms of education, you know, where you grow up um and you and you have to learn math i'm using math because most people hate math <laughs> uh you have to learn math you have to you have to do math every single day you got your special math books you always got to have a pencil because you're erasing stuff because you're probably going to be bad at math you got to remember formulas math tests are also very much like non bsable so like mm-hmm. you can't you can't really get away with there's like really not only one yeah <laughs> like there's you can't just not know how to do bed mass and the teacher goes ah you probably knew what you were doing though it's like if that doesn't come out to six you, you don't have the right question um 
Whereas if you're in an English class and maybe you've only read the first couple chapters of Gatsby, you can be like, eh, you know, it's a lot of symbolism gist, and, yeah. uh, you know, old money is a thing and it was in the <laughs> 20s, there were some flappers. Like, you can just say stuff and literally because of the nature of the subject that they have to be like, well, they're not wrong, yeah. right? But the thing is, to get back to what I actually am talking about, is like, you're forced to do that when you're developing and it's a good thing and, and when you know when you go, kind of go through rebellious years and you think you know, I hate this mm-hmm. and I don't want to do it even if you're not being rebellious you're just like nope I know I never want to add anything ever <laughs> again um, you you can get rid of it when you finally mature enough to whatever society says okay you're no longer a, a quote unquote student but the thing the thing of it is when you become an adult you then have to just suddenly start actively looking to learn things mm-hmm. and and socially that's actually an, another kind of learning that you can you can forget how to do when you <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to like scare you but like you can forget <laughs> how to do when you become an adult because because like math although it's a lot more fun to make friends like math uh, w- once you decide, okay, well, nobody's going to tell me to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. You, you know, often, often a lot of human beings are not necessarily inclined to do that much more. Yeah. And I think you have to start, like, you, you really, you start changing your patterns, I feel. You start, you start changing the way you approach people. Because when, when I left high school in the Middle East and I moved to Toronto to go mm-hmm. to university, my entire first year of university, I hated my life. I hated, I hated being. Oh, you I, too? I, man, okay, you know, I loved, I loved being in Toronto. Yeah. I thought Toronto was a great city for you know a new student, you know, coming and and understanding what what life is like in North America. Because the last time before that I'd been in North America, I was like five years old. Yeah. So it just it. It, that first year was so hard because I didn't understand the culture. I didn't understand how I was going to go and approach people because, you know, there are just there's so many more people than there were in high school. And yeah. I'm like, who do I go and talk to? Who who here is like me that I can sit and talk to about about the fears that I have about being in a new place? Mm-hmm. Um and I always, I, I always looked for those people. And like slowly, you know, you you eventually do start making friends. But there were there were these groups of people that just formed in first year that were all really close friends and I didn't understand it. I was mm-hmm. like, how how did you do that? You are also not from Toronto, right? How how did you make these friends? How did you do that? And I couldn't understand it. And then I realized that it was just sort of this, I just closed myself off. Right. And that became a part of me. I was like, ah, you know what? No, I don't want to get mm-hmm. to know more people. That's just really scary, all that kind of stuff. And it went from absolutely no new friends to being like, yeah, like everybody into my life yeah, right now. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, the floodgates just eventually they opened, opened which yeah. is definitely a positive. Yeah. Um, I think another thing was, you know what I thought, and I'm just, I guess, like internalized it differently because I feel very similar to what you were saying about your experience. Obviously, I, and I know I said this to Gwen as well, like I'm not trying to patronize you because obviously you really did come from a faraway land. I came from... 35 minutes down the, the highway <laughs> but like so but maybe this is maybe this is the difference right like I felt those same that same family of feelings but one of the things that I immediately thought about those immediate friendships those cliques that that happened and I made friends pretty quickly I'm not trying to necessarily dis making friends fast mm-hmm. but I, when I saw it until I made friends myself when I saw those friends I was like 
eh, that's probably very fake. Like, yeah. like nothing against any of the people involved in this friendship, but I was like, they're probably using each other for something. You know, somebody said, oh, oh, you live on residence? Oh, no, I got my own place. And then somebody was like, I will be your friend. Or yeah. they were like, oh, like, are you guys all 18? Well, I'm 19. And they're like, hey, booze, I'll be your friend. You know, or like any sort of artificial or superficial or both kind of way that you could make a friendship, I immediately assumed that the people who did it, you know, in the first few weeks were not being true to themselves. And I don't mean that in a damning way. I just kind of was like, I guess it was almost like a coping mechanism where I was like, this is why I don't have a hundred new friends yet, because I'm just looking for that that true flame of friendship that will (laughs) last a lifetime. And it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I think I got over that pretty quickly, but it is... It's interesting to look at the way that no matter how you slice it, no matter how you slice that avocado, I just thought I'm going to try out catchphrases. Uh, no matter how you slice it, you still it's the onus is still on you to yeah. eventually you know open the floodgates, let love in, as as the self help books would say, um, and and make make something of your time. Yeah. And now you get to do that again. Yeah, I mean it's it's both it's both frightening and kind of exciting because. Um, now that I know what to expect, now that I know, you know, how friendships are made and how you do just have to be open in who you are and let people into your life and also like divulge a little bit of yourself, Yeah, you know, cause it's, for me, it's really hard to, you know, fully open up about things that I'm thinking or feeling for fear of being judged. And I think all of us have that fear. Of course. Um, you know, it's just, it's a hard thing. And so I feel that once you like start I don't know you gotta start letting go of that fear a little bit and then you eventually will start meeting people and you'll see that you're just drawn to them and they'll just come to you and that's a good feeling that is a good feeling yeah um so with all these with all these moves um obviously the last one came many years ago what was it like almost a decade now right almost a decade oh my god (laughs) uh do you think that do you think that anything that you used to have, something that you really strongly identified yourself as, do you think that you have lost any of that anymore? Do you think you've lost any parts of you along the way? Yeah, I think, um, and this this is this is great because I was thinking about this the other day. My parents were visiting town, and my mom was telling me about like, oh, have you seen this new Bollywood movie? You should really watch it. And these are my like Indian parents who've moved around quite a bit, but mm-hmm. they still have held on to that part of, you know, their upbringing where they used to love watching Bollywood movies and that was a thing. And my sister has that that love for it too. But somehow along the way, I lost it. Like I just, mm-hmm. I don't really watch Bollywood movies. I don't really listen to like, like Indian music. Like I just don't really care for any of it. And mm-hmm. um, my mom was telling me, she's like, oh, have you seen this movie? And I was like, no. She's like, have you seen this <laughs> other one? I was like, no. Whereas my sister was like, yeah, I saw this. Yeah, I saw this. And my mom was like, you're just you're just becoming North American now. And the moment she said that to me, it really that I think that struck me yeah. in a way that wasn't like that wasn't me feeling bad about it. It was just sort of, you know what? That's a part of my upbringing that I definitely just left behind the moment I left the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you could definitely look at it that way. Also maybe, you know, you I guess you're technically still leaving behind in this scenario, but maybe it just was never as strongly in you as you 
as you maybe once yeah. thought, you know. And so when you when you came here and and that that did kind of erode from your identity, it was that's actually more of a natural way. Like if 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 you were a sculpture and they were knocking away the pieces of of marble, do they make sculptures out of marble? Sure. Who knows? <laughs> we'll check it out on my next <laughs> podcast. It's, it's sculptures daily, uh, but. You know, sure, you're losing the parts that they're chipping away, but you're actually becoming more of a of the the real person that you are, and that you want to be, and that you want to be. Yeah. Which, of course, would then be my next question: Like, do you think that that's something that you would ever want to rediscover? I know that's a really loaded question. I'm sorry, but like, yeah. well, at this point in my life, I don't I don't identify with those things anymore. Right. So mm-hmm. I really the only things that I'd want to explore further or things that I'd want to reacquaint myself with are things that, you know, that I really identify with. And um, that so, I mean, in recent years, I've I've gotten to know more about my grandparents. I've gotten to know about like our family history. And those are things that are important to me because Mm -hmm. those are literally a part of who I am. So, you know, I've I've explored that. I've reacquainted myself with that part of my culture and um, and stuff like that. I've like talked to my parents about their upbringing, their lives, all of right. that kind of stuff. But when it comes to you know these other little cultural things, I'm not really I don't know. I don't really identify with them because they just don't apply to my life anymore. I think um, I think I agree with you in the sense of like maybe the the immediacy of of bloodline. Mm-hmm. identity you know what I mean like when you were saying like you, you've gotten to know your grandparents a little bit more and, and your parents and and that kind of cultural identity it's still cultural identity because you're obviously living on through the legacy of who they were as your you know your parents and their grandparents and 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 everybody that's in your family mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's something that really resonates with me at this point in my life as well is to kind of step back for a second and understand that even if you don't consider yourself necessarily similar to those people that are in your family Mm -hmm. and that's totally okay you actually can only have those people in your life as the people who are bloodline you know what I mean which is like kind of sounds dramatic but it's, it's actually it's true like you can't you can't actually call somebody who isn't your sister yeah your sister you can be really you know close with someone and say we're like sisters or or you can be you can give them that kind of italicized you are my sister Mm -hmm. to like people that are like the closest friend you ever did have but but that bloodline for better or for worse um and hopefully for better i'm crossing my fingers right now as i (laughs) as i'm saying this uh hopefully for, for better is something that you 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 really can't Change, you know, they always are going to have something of you that nobody else knows. Yeah, you know, and it's happened a lot with me. I think actually probably because I don't have any brothers or sisters, mm-hmm. you know, and and kind of when I've started to do uh, this project, it, it didn't actually make it to the the podcast. But one of the things that Gwen and I were talking about, um, kind of just presented without context, was how she was always really happy. Um, when she was moving to country to country, that she always had her sister with her. Yeah. Because her mom and dad were obviously older and they were moving on their decisions and they were having their jobs and they were and they were taking care of the family. Um but Gwen's sister isn't that much younger than her and so all of the weird external factors of moving from place to place, she knew that Evan was gonna be feeling it the same way. Maybe she would deal with it differently. Maybe she'd internalize it differently, but she could say to her at any given time, oh, remember when we lived in the Arctic? 
mm-hmm. you know, and their sister would be like, yeah, yeah, I remember all those weird things, like the weird heavy coats that we had and like how we would always have to like know the difference between like what could give you like real frostbite and like what like t- typically people who go outside now are like, oh, it's so cold. I'm getting... Like all those different like little intricacies that you only can really have with somebody who you can have it with a close friend, but it's like you can't really because the people that are your bloodline are going to be around when it's kind of the inconvenient moments as yeah. well. Like they don't even, they're not even, they're not being there for you. They're just there. They're literally sitting they're in front right of you. There, right. Yeah. And so I, I find that, um, I find that really cool that you would, that you would say that because that's mm-hmm. something that I've, I've started to almost struggle with it sometimes just because I don't have those, those siblings, you know, to say my family, the cultural aspect of wh- who my parents are, who, who their parents are, where we came from in terms of, how we all are living the way that we're living now mm-hmm. is really important. And yeah, you, you can, you can, you can just, the cool thing about it is you can just do it forever. You know, you can just find out more and more things till yeah. the end of time. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, it's honestly been, I think I've, I've rediscovered parts of me just by having conversations with my parents or mm-hmm. with my sister or, you know, just even, even in explaining the way that I grew up or, you know, the people that I grew up with or the kinds of cultures that I grew up with or, you know, even for me, high school and school in general is is such a different thing from from what it is in North America that, you know, as as kids who got straight A plus grades, we were popular kids. Mm -hmm. Like we people actually thought they're like, whoa, but wait, smartness is popular. That's that's really weird. Uh huh. Um, it sure is. It's not the North American way, that's for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, and and that's just what it what it became. Like people who were outspoken and people who had interesting things to say were popular, and you know that's just how it worked. But there was far less, I feel, where in the Middle East, um, I just I never really had to talk about my culture mm-hmm. and my identity because I was always surrounded by people who were in this in a similar, if not same situation that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here I find myself explaining myself a whole lot more. Like I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we live in Toronto where there are so many different kinds of cultures and people and, you know, we call ourselves multicultural, which is up for debate. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a whole other can of worms yeah. I don't want to open right now. But it's, you know, I, I find myself explaining my culture a whole lot more because yeah. I'm an amalgamation of so many different cultures, uh-huh. not just the one. So if people were like, oh, like... You know, as soon as they hear like India, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, you you you've lived in India." And I was like, "Ah, oh, you know what? Really, no. Like, I'm mm-hmm. one of I'm of that generation of Indians who who've never lived in India." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I was I was actually while you were explaining this, I was debating in my head, uh, like admitting in a in a recording that like when I met you and mm-hmm. you explained that to me I literally was like how does that work yeah you know what I mean like it, which is so ridiculous because really if you would just cut it down to the fundamentals and I think well how many Indian people do I know who have just lived in Canada my whole life but because you came from somewhere else <laughs> I just immediately was like well she's got to have lived there yeah <laughs> and, and it was like oh right People can just live their lives. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be immediately what your 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 first reflection of who you think they are is. You know, you're yeah. you're building them up. And I always I always was really embarrassed when I when you said that to me. And I was like, I almost like thought you were lying. Like, no, yeah. I knew you weren't. But I was like, okay, but. 
come on. And then I was like, oh, right. Oh, that's totally normal. It's totally fine. <laughs> a lot of people still don't believe me. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily for me, this was years and years ago. But like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Because um, I, I, I remember I had this conversation a few weekends ago with a girl that I uh, that I knew in like first or second year university. And I haven't seen her ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... I hung out with her and she was just like oh I remember you when you were in like first year university you were like new to the city you didn't know very many people um and you had like quite a strong accent and I was like oh wow I didn't even think about that 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 was that was a thing that that I actively worked on to phase out mm-hmm. um because I, I don't know for whatever reason I just thought that I s- stuck out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. because you're in journalism where you know everybody and almost almost a lot well I'm not gonna say everybody because there were people that had moved in and there were international students yeah. but that everybody had a North American accent they didn't really have like a mm-hmm. thick accent that I did and you know when people would talk to me they would they were almost kind of like oh this girl is like She's definitely like, yeah, she's foreign. (laughs) And for the longest time, I I thought that that's what, that's what was holding people back from getting to know me because they were just like, oh, well, I guess we can't really, or she can't really relate to us or we can't really relate to her because, you know, she's not from here. So I guess, um, and that's just, I mean, that's probably not what it was, but from, from where I was standing, that's what it felt like. So I was like, okay, you know what? There are changes that I can make. And I started like phasing out my accent and I started like, you know, really understanding, you know, what kids here were doing. And, you know, I'm not going to, that probably never contributed to me making friends, but, you know, I just felt better about myself. Yeah, yeah, well, it's so interesting that that you would say that because, I mean, I didn't meet you right, right, right when you first came here. Yeah. Uh, But I would have never... I would have never thought that. Like, you, you've always sounded the same to me. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a mean thing to say. But, like, it's true. Like, I don't even... I, like, you're telling me that, and I'm going, wow, really? Like, that's so interesting that, A, that was something you dealt with, and, B, that somebody even has a memory of you that is that is different than what yeah. my memory of you is. I never... That was a very surprising conversation for me to have. And she's like, oh, well, now you're like live in the West End, and you're, like, a hipster. And I was like, I just wanted to have this really deep philosophical conversation with her but well, what's what is hipster exactly can we can we take this term and like break it apart <laughs> well okay well let's do it let's take the term and break it apart you can't challenge me like that and not expect that i'm on a show called identities i'm not i'm not gonna pick you up on it um, but I, you know what pick you I up on it like i'm a cop yeah picking you up on it for having a small amount of hipster on you this is a conversation that i've had with a lot of people well let's and, let's have the definitive one right now but in the end no one really knows how to define it yeah right there yeah. isn't there isn't a definition no um that's because everything is hipster people just don't know people everybody believes that what they like isn't and so for as long as you're going to have a culture in which you can like something and actually in terms of like what maybe you would think a hipster definition is be proud of it in a way because you think you're cooler than everybody because you like it first or that you like it at all yeah but that's everything that's everything you know what i mean like like i think about i mean i think about beers that i drink that i know that nobody else has had because they're or maybe not nobody but you know what i mean the small amount of people have had that i found it first you know when i went to a craft beer festival on saturday and you could tell by the look on people's faces that they were all 
just a little bit smug that like all of the beers that you could be trying were like probably not in circulation at the LCBO or beer store. I mean, almost definitely 75 to 80% of them were not. Yeah. And they were happy to try them because they legitimately enjoyed them, which is why they would say they aren't hipster. Because then they would say, well, no, I'm not a hipster because I'm not I'm not trying these beers to let you know that I tried these beers. I'm trying them because I actually do believe that the, the hop process is, you know, and it's like they, they, they mean it. But like you would look around at those people and they were all different people, you know, of different kind of fashion senses and and. And I guess walks of life. I mean, I didn't do a full like analysis on who I thought was attending this thing, but you could call that hipster, right? Sure. But then you, everybody there would probably be like, "Oh no, I'm not a hipster." There's right? a, there are all kinds of things that could be called hipster. I just it's I the debates that I've had mm-hmm. where you know it's like, oh wait, you collect records, man, you're that's that's right, super hipster. Or oh wait, you. I don't know, ride your bike everywhere? <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, that's so hipster. Or it's like, it's like oh, or I just don't have a car. No, or I'm just too poor and I can't yeah. afford a car. So yeah. let's just call me poor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but then that's the thing, right? I mean, yeah, I I do want to talk about this. We could we could literally go on oh, like this forever. forever, but it's like then it's like okay, well then there is actually a certain hipster element to the the quote unquote being poor, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it's like you're not actually poor. Because if you were actually poor, then you wouldn't be worrying necessarily too much about what other people thought of you as a as a status statement in like a in like a smug way. You maybe would be worried every day, thinking, "Oh my God, are people going to know that I don't have any money?" Yeah. But you wouldn't be like, "Oh, like I'm wearing this vintage T-shirt. Oh, what is it? It's some ironic like country band. I don't know. I just bought. It's five dollars. You know, I don't have any money." Yeah. It's like, oh wow, you're so <laughs> you're so cool. You don't have any money. Oh wow. Oh, you don't know where that shirt came from. It's probably from like the eighties or something, but whatever, it was five dollars. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like it's like every like it's everybody could say that. And I'm not and when I'm I'm saying this, like obviously it sounds like I'm making fun of and I am to a degree, but it's like I wouldn't even call that hipster. It's just people being themselves that yeah. happen to be like, well, this is what I do, and I like it more than whatever you're doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. I'm not smug about any of the things that I like, but somehow, because yeah. there is this whole, yeah. you know, stigma attached to being a hipster, yeah. full-on quotation marks, that people just eventually assume that you are a smug asshole. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, like, I totally know like, what you mean. Oh, my I God. I totally know like, what you mean. I can't talk to her because the moment I say something about I don't know, uh, yeah, like what, um, like vintage teacups, and it's and it, but the thing is also is like it's it's you're judging people because you're thinking that they they have an extra judgmental quality in them, mm-hmm. you know? Because like one of the things that people always make fun of hipsters in terms of like music is they go oh yeah you probably wouldn't have heard of them right (laughs) yeah which is like the classic hipster line you probably wouldn't have heard of them you probably wouldn't have heard of them there's like a thousand jokes that end with but you probably wouldn't have heard of them but that's funny because what you're what you're presupposing there is you're saying uh, the hipster quality is judging before you even know what this person has inside of them but what you're doing there is judging before you even know what this person has in like if i really really like a band and you haven't heard of them, what can I do about that? Yeah. I mean, I can show you them, obviously, but it's like I'm not... If I if I say, hey, do you really like the the purple jello? And you're like, oh, I've never heard purple jello. And I'm like, oh, well, I love them. I guess 
you've never heard of them, and then it's like, oh, you're such a hipster. Well, it's like, well, no, I, sorry, like, I, I found this band, you know, yeah. so it, it's, it, there's definitely merits, there's a little bit of truth in it all, but there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely a little bit of mistruth in it all as well. So we've solved it for you. <laughs> we have solved world. the mystery of the hipster. Um, that's what this is going to be titled now. Yeah. Identities Podcast, We Solved the Hipster Crisis. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the beginning of Always Sun in Philadelphia, where they say, like, <laughs> the gang whatever? It's going to be that, and it's going to say... Clanberry solve the hipster crisis. Yeah. I didn't know it was a crisis, but whatever. Well, there you go. And, and you know. Yeah, the, there you more, go. There exactly. you go. The moral of the story is just be yourself. Just be yourself, man. I don't care. Just be about... yourself. <laughs> and listen to the Identities Podcast so we can find out who exactly you are. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have an early childhood memory that you can recall in your brain that you feel... Is, I, I don't want to call it your happy place, but like you feel is something that you know is still you from when you were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, that, that, can, that stays with you all the time. Yeah, um, this is something that I, I, that I love talking about, but it's such a, um, it was when I was, I think maybe I was four years old, um, and I was in uh, Calgary, and this is when my parents had first moved to Canada, before we moved back to the Middle East, and... We were hanging out in our neighborhood and it was me and some of the neighborhood kids and we were all hanging out on someone's front lawn somewhere Mm -hmm. and we were sitting with jars. All of it had these like little mason jars, these glass jars. Hipster. Hipster. Total hipster here. Right. Right from when I was four. Right from when we were four. Man. I don't know. It was, it was, it was not even popular and uh, we would take a bunch of grass, like we would tear grass out of the lawn put it put it in these jars and then we would try and find ladybugs to also put in these jars mm-hmm. so the more red the ladybug was the happier we got so it was just sort of this like beautiful hue red that all of us were like oh my god like that is a red 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 ladybug and that's awesome because yeah. ladybugs had all of these different sort of colors some of them were like slightly yellow some of them were orange yeah. all the ones here are orange as hell yeah mm-hmm. and so over there we had like these really beautiful red ones and we like collect them and put them in the jar and then close the jar and then just sit and like sit out in the summer the weather was really nice and we would just sit and watch these ladybugs crawling around in our little glass jars and it was such a um i think it was the most that i the most carefree mm-hmm. that i ever felt um and it was also very sort of very happy um, environment to be in because it was very accepting. Uh, you know, I was, I was with all these kids that were like, didn't really care about where I came from or who I was or what yeah. the color of my skin was or any right. of that. All, all we wanted to do was sit around and, you know, collect ladybugs. And that was like such a great part of the summer. And that's what we always look forward to. Um, and that's something that always that always comes to um, comes to my mind. A lot of the times, even now, um, when I'm talking about what it was like growing up in Calgary around a time where, I mean, things have changed so much in Calgary that, you know, being one of the only sort of visibly, like visible minority families in, in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, was such a, I don't know, it was, it's, it was such a, it's such a weird memory for me. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that, that my own brain probably just like manipulated to make, Right, you know, to make me feel well. That's I mean, that's why that's why I ask you the question, Mm -hmm. not because I'm I'm any way, shape, or form going to try and disprove that it was a good memory, yeah, but because 
some of the things that I realize again that I think about, you know, in, in similar ways that like you've just described, one of the things that you literally couldn't have done when you were a kid, and this memory that you described, was fully conceptualize and 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 shoot it into the future to leave it to this to the place of of where it is now to the pedestal that it's on now right like literally when you're collecting those ladybugs you're legitimately just being like i'm a kid and this is fun and yeah. i like it you're not thinking this is gonna be what i love forever <laughs> this is gonna be an instagram and moment like, that i'm gonna yeah for the rest and like of life. and like this is definitely like a metaphor for acceptance and and like true uh, happiness in in the relaxing and calmness of an environment that I'm completely comfortable in. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not thinking that at all. You're going, oh, this is the reddest ladybug I've ever seen. I gotta get this one, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so that's that's always so interesting to me. Um, which is why I ask. Obviously, is that you as an adult do? I don't know the way to describe it. You make up almost what it is later. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not not true. It's not a lie because you wouldn't have remembered it so vividly and you wouldn't carry it with you if it wasn't profound enough to start giving it this this holy backstory, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that's so fascinating because, to be honest with you, um, kind of to go along this the theme that we've been on tonight, in a way, uh, when you're when you're a kid... There's so much that you just do because you have to do it because you're you're just a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that might even be whether you had a bad childhood or a happy childhood or whatever. That might even be a reason why our memories don't stay with us that vividly for everything. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that I've forgotten lots of things that happened, you know, five years ago when I was a fully developed adult, and I just don't remember <laughs> what happened. But the kind of the same way that you're making a decision now to move some of those memories you probably are projecting and are saying i need to hold on to these are saying this is a good one or a bad one you know this still haunts me even but when you're a kid i don't know if you and i am obviously making a sweeping statement but i don't know if you always even are allowed to know the difference you're just living your life in that's that's a good way in a pure way that's you know what the innocence of children saying oh they're just kids you know they're just doing whatever they want but it's also like like having to do math every day it's like well what am i gonna do like i have no power i have no i have no concept of of saying oh this is really really good beyond like the now and then you know now we get into just like family life a textbook where it's like and then you hit puberty and everything mm-hmm. starts to change. but it's like i'm not really talking about that i'm just saying like it's so interesting that you know you can be an adult in your 20s and say yep that was great and like that's what that is a part that's definitely a part of me i don't know if i knew very much stuff that was a part of me when i was four but that was definitely a part of me yeah you know and i think that that's so really really cool um another thing that i wanted to know is do you have a piece of do you have a piece of art that you keep really close to your heart almost in a similar way like a, like a childhood memory like that is there something that that you is there a song or or a television show or a movie or a painting or a book that's that's become so special to you that you would almost say it's you you know whether this artist knows it or not but like it, it's a part of you yeah um i the wow the thing that i that i refuse that i absolutely refuse to throw away is Mm -hmm. um 
And this, wow, this, I haven't even thought about this in a really long time. I actually found it the other day when I was clearing out my apartment to move. There you go. See, um, they all, it's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. Life is beautiful, everyone. <laughs> um, I was going through, so I have a little box of things that I, that I keep that are, you know, really important to me or really close to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's anything from photos to, you know, little like ticket stubs to random things that I just decided to collect over the years and thought it was important to keep um but it was my first ever boyfriend in what was my first boyfriend when i was 16 i think um Mm -hmm. he uh wasn't he was really he's a quiet guy but he was really really talented like he just like he loved drawing and drawing was the thing that he did really really well and he drew um a picture of me of me like because I was such a just like a loud like I was just like a loud person in middle school and I just loved being on stage and I loved like every time there was a microphone I'm like yo you gotta give me that microphone because I I need it like that's that's mine you gotta give it to me I want to be in front of it I want to be talking into it I don't care just give it to me um and so I there was a picture of me in one of our sort of um our school photo albums of like little concerts that we've, we've put up or things like that. And there was a photo of me talking on a microphone and I was mm-hmm. like, just like introducing the next act or whatever that was going to come onto the stage. And <laughs> there, was a, there was a picture. I was like standing, I had like really thick eyebrows and just like, it was a mess. I had like glasses and, and everything. I was just like an awkward um, teenager. And I was uh, holding this microphone and he drew from that photograph a picture of me wow and it was beautiful and it was unexpected and i was just like that is you know that's absolutely crazy and this is a guy that i was just like oh my first love like i i adored him you know and he drew this this picture of me and i still have it like i still i refuse to throw it away i still have it and i don't know what it is about about it that i'm holding on to Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where you know you're given something you know from from someone who like obviously didn't earn any money because we were in school and like, yeah. we didn't have jobs like they, we we didn't have money to buy each other presents we didn't have anything but it was using your own ability to do something really nice for someone else mm-hmm. that like that always that just like because I don't have that ability like what am yeah. I gonna do am I gonna write you like a speech am I gonna write you an ad I will write an you sh- ad you should, for you you should have wrote some sonnets <laughs> I think is probably that would have been <laughs> how about Clay for you yeah I will write you an ad advertising identities the podcast that'd be great yeah yeah there it's gonna it's gonna have like limericks it's gonna have like all hey, kinds of things look you're the pro man you just <laughs> you just do whatever you want and i'll just there accept it i think that's that's awesome that's such a that's such a beautiful answer um because it really is a, a piece of art that is a part of you and i i can totally understand that you would react that way um because yeah, you're young enough at 16 that, like, and I'm not discrediting it. In fact, I'm giving it a lot of credit. It's going to sound kind of like I'm discrediting But you're young enough at 16 to, like, not really even have a precedent set for, like, Nothing. that level of just somebody doing something so nice for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, you now have that, and it's it's with you, and it, because it's physical, you know, you can hold on to it. Mm-hmm. It's not even just something you remember. It's something that you can you can physically look at. That it transcends that that kind of 
it can never lose its meaning because it's always there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's that's so awesome that you that you even still that you have it because that it it, it can breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can live and it can breathe and it can always be. Even if I mean, obviously you're not still together. But the thing is, but the thing is, that's what I mean. Like it doesn't even matter. Even if the rest of that all fades away, yeah. And you maybe one day don't even remember what this guy's name is that's actually totally fine because you actually still have i mean he might not be happy about it but (laughs) you actually still have that memory of what you what you are and what you have in front of you at any time so i hope you never lose it um but like it's so it's the best that's the best possible i've i don't think i've asked anybody this yet maybe i have but like that's the best possible (laughs) answer to anything i've ever heard um one of the things that I wanted to ask you uh, to kind of move forward instead of backward, and I know we've talked about the move a lot, but it has been kind of in retrospect. Of course. You're definitely the first person that I've talked to in the context of actually being now able to form a semblance of a new identity, mm-hmm. right? Everybody that I've talked to so far um, has only been able to speak of their life experiences. And, and I'm not discrediting that. That's amazing. Because anybody who wants to come and tell me about their life experiences, I would listen to them forever. Uh, and of course, in those life experiences, they're also maybe hinting to their changes in their future. But they're never distinct immediate ones like the one that you are about to embark on. This journey that you're about to embark on. Do you have a game plan? I think when I... When I do get there, I think I just want to kind of spend the the first little while settling into this new life because it's 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 not just um, an adjustment to you know a new social life; it's an adjustment to a complete change of lifestyle. So mm-hmm. it's you know you're you're going from I mean a totally different climate for example you know you're going mm-hmm. from a place that actually does have like full four seasons to somewhere where it does get cold but not that cold you know so you're kind of in there are all these little adjustments um that you have to make and i feel like if i'm dealing with those um like top line things that i will immediately um experience when i get there mm-hmm. uh if I'm if I'm worrying about those as well as trying to build a social life, I know it's just not gonna it's not gonna happen very well because from experience, right? Yeah, that right. First yeah, year yeah, university yeah. experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I just want to spend a little while, kind of I don't know, figuring out. You know, I, I'm in a very I'm I'm I mean I'm I, I'm at an advantage here where I can be like you know what there are, are there changes that I want to make within yeah. myself mm-hmm. right are there changes are there things that i just want to leave behind is it is it a is it a stress thing is it just like parts of my personality that i've always just wanted to let go of and i haven't been able to because when you've lived in a place for long enough people know you for those things yeah right for better or for worse yeah yeah for mm-hmm. better or for worse and are there things about you know myself that i just want to kind of get rid of i give way too many dams about things that i shouldn't be giving a damn about mm-hmm. and that's those are those are little things that I just want to start getting rid of. So there, are, yeah. once I go there, you know, I kind of want to, you know, spend a little while just being like, you know what, should I really be giving a damn about that? No, okay, that's out. And that's the personality that I want to present to people there when I right. you know, eventually do go out and start building a social life and mm-hmm. start opening myself up to you know new social experiences when I'm there. Um, so I think it's. I mean, it's a very loose game plan, but it's it's there in the sense that 
I know that there are changes that I want to make in my life before I can welcome new people into it. Yeah, and I and like you said, I I wouldn't have thought of describing it in this way, but you're right. It it is an advantage in a way. I mm-hmm. mean, do you fear that maybe you will lose a little bit of yourself in that process? Yeah, there's always that fear. Um, like not the parts that you actually want to shed, but just like, uh, what is going on now? Yeah, no, there 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 are always those things. It's you know, if I if I become this way. Am I going to lose parts of myself, and I'm, and then the process? Am I going to lose people that like me for those parts of myself? Right. You know, and essentially, I realized that the parts of myself that I really, really like are so deeply embedded within me that it's just that would just be really hard to give up. Like, for example, like I don't know, I am very weirdly. Uh, obsessive compulsive about having everything on my bathroom counter at a right angle with everything else like it's just it's a weird thing and I and I like certain things that way at first I don't even like things sitting on my bathroom counter but that's a whole other neurotic story that I need to talk oh, to my man. therapist about do I have a do I have a bathroom <laughs> counter story for you that we will not talk about right now but oh man right but those are things that that um that take up so much of of my brain space Mm-hmm, then I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I letting that take up so much of the space in my mind that I could be, that I could be using for other things that really actually make me happy? Um, so those are just, you know, it, like, and parts of my personality that I love is that, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm, I am open to new things. I mm-hmm. am saying yes to a lot of new things, and that's, you know, that's brought me to this point where I actually said yes to move across the world, and that's, you know, that's a very exciting thing for me. So I feel like if in the process, I do lose things that are a part of me that I will be able to, you know, reacquaint myself with later. Yeah. And, you know, and if I feel that that's like drastically changing my lifestyle and myself to the point where even I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. Then, you know, that's something that you have to turn around. It's a really, it's trial and error. When, when you're in that position where you can actually change things about you because no one there knows who you are. Yeah, right. Um, that it becomes a, a thing of trial and error. And, yeah, I, I think even if you do lose some of those parts of yourself, the word loss isn't necessarily even the right way to describe it after hearing what you've just been saying because you can always reacquaint yourself with them. Mm-hmm. You just might not actively be tapped into some of those parts right now, but in a way, that's a choice, and it's a it's a comfort level with who you are to be able to do that which you know I, one of the first things that I said at the beginning when we, when we were introing kind of what we were going to talk about was you know you're not going on a spirit quest you know mm-hmm. and in a way basically because of the distance and I think it's a fair interpretation when you find out that somebody is going to the other side of the planet yep I, and people, I would assume, assume that that's because they are basically wholly trying to find themselves somewhere else. Yeah. But, you know, I never fully felt that way with you. I think my my initial was like, whoa, like she's really trying to get to a new place. But immediately, because I know you and I've known you for as, as long as I have, it actually is basically the exact opposite because and you've brought it up a couple times you are so comfortable with those things that are 
held in your core self Mm -hmm. that really you can literally transplant yourself to the other side of the world and even though you know everything else from like you said healthcare to the new social situations to you know work everything is going to be different what isn't going to be different is you yeah you know Mm -hmm. there are going to be some conscious changes that you're going to make but that that you're you're in control of those ones and and hopefully will continue to be and so it, it is kind of uh it is kind of the the opposite of what maybe the gut reaction to somebody understanding that you're that you're moving would be. It's oh, this is a person who knows where they are, and of course they're looking for a new challenge, but they're not they're not necessarily at that point where they are having what you might call an identity crisis. Yeah, absolutely you know? not. I feel I feel that in just with being the kind of person that I am. That in a in in a new world full of variables, I am within myself a constant. I am that that I am that one, you know, that standing there on this road, being like, you know what, I could I could get hit by a metaphorical bus right now, and I'd still be able to pick myself up, yeah. which I have been able to do over the years, mm-hmm. and dust myself off and be like, you know what, you can start again, you can do it. And I think for a lot of people, the fear of of moving. And experiencing a new culture, just like going halfway across the world, um, is if I do fall, will I be able to pick myself up mm-hmm. again? And the older we get, the stronger that fear gets. Because as adults, we just have way more responsibilities than we did as kids, right? Cause... Yeah, well, exactly. And, and and those things can become, you know, things that, that kind of mur- make the waters murkier. And you know, sometimes you can get lost in them. But yeah, I... I am very impressed at kind of the the way that you're approaching this, and I'm I'm so I'm so happy that you came and, and, and sat down and told me all about it. Um, <laughs> happy to do so. <laughs> oh, it's been really hard talking to people about it. No, because, you know, it's just yeah. a thing that everyone's like. But do you really want to go? And I'm like, well. yeah. Sorry, one final quote. Do you really want to go? <laughs> After this conversation, even more so. Good. I, I want to test. I'm glad I, I drove you my... out of town. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're going to invite me over anymore, I'm literally if leaving the continent. people ask me why, I'm yeah. going to be like, it's because of Clay. Thanks. Thank you. Well, actually, thank you so much for coming and thank doing you this. For I've me. I've been enthralled with everything you've been saying, <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been the Identities Podcast. Uh, please listen to the other episodes. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please tell your friends. Please visit the Twitter account, which is at Identities Pod, because they do have a hard character count on how, how long your uh, username can be. Uh, and thank you so much again for, for, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>